The Waddle and Sylvie podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code WMVP. Tune in every Friday for the official Waddle and Sylvie same game parlay on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. 21 years or older, Illinois only. Eligibility in terms at DraftKings.com slash football terms. Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? Guess what today is. It's Wilbon Day. Woo-woo! Chicago native Michael Wilbon, host of Pardon the Interruption with Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN Chicago. It's been a great day today. Michael Wilbon joins us on the Car X Tire and Auto Hotline. He's brought to you by Waddle's guys over at Hawk. HawkAuto.com, Ford, Chevy, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, Subaru, Cadillac, Mazda, and VW, all in one place. HawkAuto.com, where Chicagoland saves big, and Northwestern Athletics. Michael Wilbon was a part of the initial video that we showed the Bears as uh, we were recruiting them, and uh, they were recruiting us, and today is day one of uh, ESPN 1000 as the official home of the Chicago Bears. Pretty big deal, Wilbon. Wow, I like hearing that. Yeah. I like hearing that uh, you're going to join us in Arlington for uh, a few games going forward, Mike. Uh, don't get crazy. Okay. All right. <laughs> Just wanted to set the tone. Just wanted to set the tone. I know. I set that tone months ago when I said I'm never coming. I know. I still don't believe it. I know you guys You guys think it's a bluff. Every you week we see check now, in just to see where it if is. I'm, if I'm going to have any rely, if I'm going to have any credibility, yeah. then I have to follow through. And I have to say, you know, uh, magic, I'm, I'm magic. Matthew, ask Uncle Tommy and Uncle Sylvie to take you out there to see Justin Fields because your dad can't make it. Well, you know what? And we'll the three of us will have a glorious time. We're so going to have a great time. We're going to have a great time. Yeah, well, Matthew uh, bring his uncle with him. Yes, Don. Uh, yeah. Don uncle Don, Don will come Don, with Don, Don, yeah. Don, Don has already declared, you know, it makes him sort of a traitor considering he has relationships with the city. I don't know. Don may not come either. Don may be on my side about this. Yeah. I don't think so. I think he'll be with us. Uh, but what, so you got, yeah, I got to. I got to tell you guys what I did. So yeah, I couldn't sleep. I went to bed uncharacteristically early for me, like ten o'clock or something. I woke up at two thirty, and I was so excited about Mel Kiper's report yesterday that the Bears could trade down twice, and this seems likely. And I'm like, they can trade down twice and get, you know, get Jalen Carter. And I'm texting this stuff with the people on my silly crazy, obsessive Bears text chain mm-hmm. at 2.35 a.m. Mountain Oh, my time. gosh. <laughs> 2.35 Mountain Time. I can't sleep. I'm texting scenarios. I had already quizzed Richard Dent, you know, two weeks ago about Jalen Carter, who Dent loves. And, you know, just about the football aspects of it. Sure. And, you know, Dent is great. You guys know. Dent is so great at explaining mm-hmm. the nuances of defensive play and Line playing, why he likes this guy and that guy. I was so excited. I'm texting at 2.35 a.m. I then go to sleep with visions of, you know, what number Jalen is Carter's going to wear for the Bears. And I wake up to this other news, this god-awful news, and it's like, are you kidding me? Like, I lost all this sleep. Um, and Jalen Carter is who knows where as the entire board is now reconfigured 
and you don't know what this kid is going to be or where he's going to go or what he's going to amount to. Uh, Mike, how do you believe the NFL, in particular the Bears, will and should handle this? There's a lot of time between now and the actual draft. And yeah. He's going back to Athens and obviously released a statement today through his lawyer about setting the record straight on a, on a number of things. Right. But how does, right. how does this play out in your world? Do you just have- I, I don't know. There's too much we don't know. Right. I mean, that's the lead story of PTI today. I mean, so how much of the reporting, even from law enforcement, was accurate? Is the denial more accurate than the charge? If it is a charge and it's only a misdemeanor, what does that mean? I mean, you know, I mean, you know, I live in, you know, mostly, you know, states that are very different than Georgia, which is my father's home state. I got a great deal of family members in Georgia. And we always go back and forth and talk about how different our upbringings were, even though we came from the same place, my cousins and I. And, you know, guns and cars are not my culture. But I'm not going to act like these aren't things that exist in American life that people have to get used to sometimes and navigate sometimes and sometimes are very intolerant of. And I don't know what it means. I don't know what it means. These are These are charged misdemeanors at the moment can law enforcement go back in and charge something more serious yes even if they even if those are the legal liabilities what are the moral liabilities and like it, it goes back into the discussion of what happened with the kid at the university of georgia i'm sorry university of alabama a freshman basketball player there's what is legally he's responsible of and there's what i think of it right and what as a and what as a steward of a university i would think of it and say Northwestern versus Alabama. And so you got all these things in, in play. So let's, what does let's, Virginia let's... McCaskey think of it? What did the McCaskies think of it? What did, you know, I remember what, what does Kevin Warren think Ohio of it? Yeah. yeah. Yes. What is the, the big kid, um, six, seven, Alonzo Spellman? Remember that? Yeah, he was a teammate of mine. Okay, so you lived up close and personal with what to make of that. And there's no easy answers to that stuff, particularly as a team has its first number one overall pole position in 60 or 75 years, whatever it is. Like, how do they how do they navigate that? There's no easy answers to this. Well, uh, yes. And I think Sylvia and I were on the same page. Look, um, the first thing I would do is let more information come out. Like, I'm not immediately yep. taking him off of my board. And if somebody right. would take them off of their board, I'm not going to criticize you for it. It's at your decision. Um, I Again, there's two months between now and the draft. I think you got to do not only your due diligence, but your, all your background checks. you got to let the information come out and then make the decision. And then, Mike, I mean, this yep. is... This is, you know, this. This isn't just sports. This is every. This is every occupation. Stuff happens in all walks of life. Then you have to make yep. the decision: is the juice worth the squeeze? If he is a generational right. player, you have him projected like that. Are you comfortable selecting him, knowing that there are going to be some people in your fan base that aren't on board? Yep. And we we see this, and you know, there's varying degrees of this. Um. You know, we, we see this with Cleveland. Um, and, you know, th- their decision to take on Deshaun Watson um, and, and, and guarantee him $230 million and what that means, not just to your fan base, but to your corporate 
sponsorship to the community you live in. What's the, you know, thumbs up, thumbs down. What you, you know, stick your finger in the air and see which way the wind is blowing. What, how do you? These are hard decisions. And you're right, Tommy. They're not just in sports. They're in every day of life. I mean, they're, you know, we just, we got through. We saw this in Hollywood with movie and television executives and what people think of them. So, man, I mean, it makes your head swim. Yeah. But there is time. They don't have to make that decision tomorrow. It doesn't have to be made on the fly, but it does have to be made. Talking to Michael Wilbon, it's Waddle and Sylvie on ESPN 1000. Um, and, 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 like, it, it, there are so many things that Ryan Poles will have to decide besides this. I mean, like, it just is another thing on his plate. You know what I mean? Like, if it's not yeah. tough enough to try to navigate. We were talking to Mike Tirico an hour ago. And, and I said this to, to Waddle yesterday. Like, there's a, an opportunity here for Ryan Poles to do some of the... And, and it's sort of like what you were texting yesterday, Wilbon. And, and it doesn't even have to include Jalen Carter. It could include somebody else. There's an opportunity here for Ryan Poles to do some of the most creative general managing we have seen in a long, long time from a, a front office executive in Chicago sports. But it, it's a lot. It's a heavy weight on someone who has not done this job for a long time. And this just adds a heavier weight on his shoulders. Yes, it would be a heavy weight on somebody who had done it for a long time. This would be a heavy weight on the guys who made all the draft picks between 1974 and 1985, and they did it brilliantly. This would be a heavy weight on them. Because there are things to consider now that you didn't have to consider 40, 50 years ago. There, there, there are considerations that that weren't even on the board. Um, there are things that weren't discussed, there are things that weren't known. And so it's all more complicated now. Um, and so Ryan Paul, yeah, yeah, it just got much more complex. And again, the only thing on his side right now is time. He's got some time to do the due diligence and you know, just, just sort of see how this washes out. And maybe it becomes much simpler. Maybe it just becomes just misdemeanors and, you know, Jalen Carter's legal team is right. He wasn't actually where it is said he was when they say he was. And maybe this, you know, reduces itself and becomes a tempest in a teapot. But maybe not. Yeah. Uh, do you have a good feel for where you think Aaron Rodgers is going to end up, Mike? No. And I think it's... Um, this story should only be a big story um, on the stretch of I-94 between Chicago and Green Bay and wherever Rodgers may wind up. So if it's a big story in the New York Jets viewership, readership, listenership, audience, fine. But this is an indictment of major media, sports media to me. To act like this is important, it isn't. It isn't. It just isn't important outside of that. So is it important for ESPN 1000? Sure. Yeah. The rivals of the Green Bay Packers. Is it important in Arizona where I sit today? No, it isn't. Is it important in Washington, D.C. where I often sit? No, it isn't. Because he ain't going to either one of those franchises anyway. And just this notion that we have to have daily reports on Aaron Rodgers and darkness is crap. <laughs> and it just points to the laziness of producers and editors everywhere. If they think that everybody's hanging on this, then everybody's 
I mean, if you're Pat McAfee, this is a big deal. But don't tell me this is a big deal for everybody because it's just lazy. And it is the number one thing wrong with sports media today. How did we get Let here then? Let me mention Aaron Rodgers as many days as I can mention him, and maybe I'll get more people to listen. What you'd get if it was me is more people tuning out. Again, I'm not talking about us in the audience that we're talking to now. But I'm talking about the rest of the United States, and I'm talking about my own employer. Don't tell me this is a story for everybody who watches ESPN every day because it isn't. Well, and I'm sure you get fought on that by some of the producers and some of the other shows besides yours. How did we get here then in some, with some of the national shows who do think that this is a part of, quote, playing the hits? Because they're lazy and all they can pay attention to was the NFL. Since the NFL decided very wisely in its case to dominate life for 300 days a year, <laughs> then that's what they went along with that. And media doesn't go along where I come from. And that's, I'm not electronic media trained. I'm not. And I don't mind saying that people think it's arrogant and so be it. Um, I'm from something else where you examine things and you question things and you say, no, this is not a story today. There's no advancement. You know what we would do? We'd sit around every morning in the Washington Post newsroom and say, is there advancement today? And Tony and I would get in trouble because we would tell our, 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 our editor, the great editor, George Solomon, who hired both of us for some reason when we were young. And we said, George, there's no, there's no news at a Redskin Park today. There's none. And he sometimes would say, yeah, but people want to hear about it anyway. And we would rail right back at him. <laughs> and those are some of the best production. They were not production. They were editorial staff meetings. Mm -hmm. Those are some of the best meetings. So we would hash it out and say, no, this is not a story. There's no advancement. There's no advancement to say, and they're continuing to deliberate Aaron Rodgers and whether he's out of the darkness. No, that's not a story. It's lazy garbage. I don't care who's doing it or who's signing off on it, or whether they're signing my paycheck. It's lazy. It's junk. Now, does that mean they're going to stop and listen to me? No, it doesn't. But I like to say every day when we tease these things on PTI, that's for another show. We're not doing that, and we don't. Well, they don't have time for it because they're talking about the Cowboys. Um, right. That was, that was, Tommy, <laughs> yes. Oh, my God, don't tell me that. Don't tell me I need to hear about what Dak, whether Dak should have some more money. Or I'd like to hear something new about something that maybe gets less viewership when there's game time. I'm not that easy. They are. Michael, it is something on the radar that is newsworthy uh, regarding John Moran. Is that something that we should yeah. worry about where one of the more likable players on the court could becoming yeah. someone that we should be concerned about with what's going on off the court. Sylvie, this is such a worthy discussion. And this is exactly what I'm talking about, because none of them, I, mean, I, don't, how many, I don't even know shows that examine this issue. They'll just wait until there's too, I say too late, like you get with Georgia and Alabama. Um, Memphis and Dallas have, those are two, I'm talking about the NBA now. They're two incredibly immature teams. And Jason Kidd has called his own team out about it. We, we, we don't have to wonder. Kudos to Jason Kidd for saying into a microphone and cameras, you people have to grow up to his own team. Memphis is the same thing. 
It is not just about basketball. You're not going to win on the court if you've got a completely immature team of people off of it and on it. You're not going to win. And, yes, John Morant, who I love to listen to postgame, I listened to John Morant postgame last night because he, like, he, he is answering and asking questions, and he's engaged, and he's bright and thoughtful, and he's got all the ingredients you want from a superstar in your sport to be the face of your sport. But then we got these other things that I don't like. And I don't know, like, do they have the veteran presence? I'm told by other coaches they don't. And I know Jaron Jackson Jr., and I know his dad. I covered his dad. I know how smart he is. I know, like, I know Jaron Jackson Jr. But I also know that that franchise that those two guys are a big part of, they need some help. And they probably need some people getting in the folks' faces and saying, no, we're not doing it this way. I don't know if they have that. I don't know enough to know their executive-level people and whether they have con- any control or any influence. I shouldn't say control. Influence. Can you close the door with John Morant and say, we're not having that garbage? And still, and still going to get the best out of him at 7 p.m. when he puts on his shoes and ties them up and comes on the court. Do you have that? But they're a major concern. And they're not winning anything. Because yeah. they're not mature enough to win anything or threaten to win anything. And it wouldn't surprise me at all to see them go out in the first round. Well, that, that's a team, Mike, that's got so much talent. But whenever it seems like they yep. face adversity, even on a night by, I mean, maybe once a week they face, they want to fight. They just, like, instead of solving their problems, their answer to a difficult situation, let's fight with someone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Let's fight with somebody and pop our jerseys and tell you how great we are and act like we're tougher than you. I mean, you know, it's, it's a tired script. Yeah. But, again, who's going to pull them out of that? They need a couple of guys in the locker room. I don't think, like, Stephen Adams, you know, from somewhere else completely different is that guy. Well, who are their people? Who's going to do that? Who's going to tell them that? Good question. Who's going to do that? You know, and I, they don't. They didn't go out and get these veterans. That's not what they have. Dylan Brooks, who is not. I mean, here's the funny thing. These guys ain't thugs. You know, I know them to some degree. I know where they come from. In some cases, I know their parents. They're not. But they're going to this 1980s construct where, you know, we want to, you know, show you thug life. No, you don't. No, you don't. Play basketball. Shut up and do your jobs and play basketball and become richer and more famous as that than any of the other crap that you want to be as posers. And right now they're posing. Different, different issue in Dallas where they just are just plain immature. I mean, Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic aren't looking to be that. They're just playing immature. But, it, you know, it's, it's interesting that these two teams, they're not going to do anything. When you got Milwaukee and Boston, you got Phoenix coming into play, whose people are just looking to play and be rich and famous at that thing and get some rings, then those two other franchises we're talking about aren't going to do squat. Yeah. Uh, Michael, before we let you go, yesterday, obviously, one of the great all-time athletes in our town – uh, was traded to the Rangers, uh, and, and yes, uh, and you followed that uh, that Hawks run very closely. You were very into it. We've been at games with you. You 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 also stand for 
not overhyping modern versus uh, historical athletes. So where does Patrick Kane, in your mind, fit into the all-time great athlete conversation in Chicago? Well, there's two ways of looking at it. There are ways of just looking at it in terms of evaluating our heroes and who our heroes were. And for the time that some of us came along, nobody's ever going to pass the names Banks and Williams and Sayers and Butkus and Santo and, and, and God knows he's got some checkered history now, Hull. But if we're evaluating this on performance, here's the list. Jordan, Pippen, Kane, Taze. That's the list. That's it. I mean, that's it. Three-time champions, five-time conference finalists, a fluke deflected goal kept them out of another Stanley Cup final against the Kings. I was there for that game seven. Um, you know, Kane is I, I'm, hes my favorite player ever in skates. Um, he made that thing go. He was the biggest star of that band, of that ensemble, with no shade on Jonathan Taze at all. But that's the list for me. There was Goaltender usually goes atop that, but we didn't have one for the whole stretch. So it changes the dynamic there. Um, I, you know, I don't know if you guys have done a list of rankings. And, again, I have to decide these things differently for my heroes versus just performance. What I saw in terms of wins and losses at the highest level, championships. Mm-hmm. And so how do I put anybody else above? I mean, I know the, I know the, the Bears were one-hit wonder. It was a hell of a hit. And for me, you know, you know, I mean, and I didn't say, when I talk about heroes, Peyton is at the top of that for me. Right. I mean, I guess Banks is at the top of it for me, but Banks and Peyton Sayers, Butkus, I, mentioned, I didn't mention Ditka's name. I got to mention Ditka's name, and Santo and Williams. And all of that, all of that time period when you grew up in the 60s, and you were long on heroes, but short on wins. <laughs> I grew up with well that. Said. Yeah. Um, but now, if we're evaluating performance, like, I, how do I put anybody on the '63 through the '73 Bears ahead of who didn't make a playoff appearance ahead of Kane and Tate? I can't. So it's, it's it's conflicting even for me, but I can separate enough. To know, I sat there at those games. I know, I, I put on an '88 jersey and walked out in the celebration. Was it the second cup, the one in Boston? Yeah, yeah. I I went out and walked around. I remember I, I left the house. My mom was, let's see, that was 2013. So my mom would have been 87. I put on a cane jersey and walked out of the apartment. She goes. What exactly are you doing at like fifty whatever years old? <laughs> we said am, the same thing to you. <laughs> yes. I am going to Rush Street in a Patrick Kane jersey, and it just yeah, you know, it's like how much better did it get than that? And that, and then you know, look, we're gonna we're gonna get to. I know it's a one hit wonder too with 2016. So Bryant and Rizzo and you know and Fowler and 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 and. You know, the, all the, the the pitching staff. I'm going, you know, uh, blank on names right now. Um, but you know, I didn't mention Ferguson Jenkins with heroes. I could go on and on with heroes. 
heroes. These are my heroes. Did they measure up? So I got to get Fergie Jenkins in there. Did they measure up to the performance of Patrick Kane? Come on, man. And, you know, you see Patrick Kane walking through airports, and I've done this. I've done this. He's made fun of me. I've walked past Patrick Kane in, like, civvies, you know, no jersey, in, a, in O'Hare. I've walked past him, and he stopped, and I didn't. And then I stopped, like, 30 feet later, and I went, oh, my God, that was Patrick Kane. And he's laughing at me, and he's like, you're you going to big-time me, really? I'm like, no, you blend in too much with, you know, like, like, for a famous guy, for an all-time great NHL player. You blend in too much because he does. Because Patrick, what is Patrick listed at? What is he, 5'11", 185 or something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yet his influence, his impact on a game and a team and a league was extraordinary. Um, so i got to be honest I, with I you, Mike. Bad. Listen, the Rangers and Flyers play tonight 6.30 on TNT. Yeah, and the Bulls, the Bulls play the I'm Pistons. Not. I'm more likely to watch the Rangers with Patrick no, Kane than I am the Bulls and the Pistons. I can't do it. I can't do it. I, I don't even know. Anybody else ever wear 88 with the Rangers? I don't know. He can't wear 77. I know that. Um, and he can't wear 99. I, I, I don't. I, I, I'm not. I can't. I can't do it. I'm not ready for that. That was <laughs> like watching Anthony Rizzo. When he first appeared in a Yankee uniform, I I, I couldn't do yeah, that. Yeah, too hard. Um, John Lester, I meant I, I meant to mention with the sixteen. So 16, 16 Cubs and eighty five Bears are very similar in that it was a one hit wonder, but the hit was. I mean, most people are going to place the ensemble members of val, those two casts ahead of Blackhawks. I am not. I care much. I, I care too much about hockey. I'm not going to place them above Patrick Kane. And that's a matter of preference of what you watch and what you value. And I'm not going to place Bobby Hull with one championship and Sam Makita. They got statues. I'm not placing them with one championship each, 1961. Yeah. I wasn't even two. And I saw them playing finals. I saw them playing finals in like 71 and 73 or something like that. I'm not placing them above Patrick Kane. So I know I'm, I got, I, I'm taking us out on the downer, but. That's good rationale. Yeah. yeah. Michael, we'll continue. Uh, ne- great. Yeah, next week. Thank you so much. Right, we appreciate it. Thanks, right. Mike. Be good. There you go. That was great to hear because yeah. I, I didn't know where he was going to go with Kaner. It's good to hear him talk about oh. like like a kid. We remember yeah. going yeah. into the UC with him wearing the 88 jersey. Yeah, I know. Uh, Michael Wilbon on the Car X tire and auto hotline. Time for you. 312-332-3776. You want to talk about Jalen Carter. I want to talk about what he said about Patrick Kane. Uh, we've got time for your phone calls. Meller and Tyler coming up as we remain local throughout the rest of the day. We're the brand new home of the Chicago Bears. ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to Waddle and Sylvie. Watch us and join the chat. Follow ESPN 1000 Chicago on Twitch.tv or the Twitch app. It's been a very uh, fun day today. Talked to some of our favorite guests. We had Mike Tirico on. Brian Urlacher. Brian Urlacher, the Hall of Famer. We just talked to Wilbon. I love when Wilbon turns into a kid, though. Like, he goes from uh, ranting about editors and uh, lazy journalism 
to going out and wearing his Patrick Kane jersey yeah. like a child. Yeah. Like it. By the way, Kaner will not play tonight. He'll play tomorrow night. But yeah, I remember Mike wearing that jersey too. Oh yeah, All Hawks game. I remember he walked into the bathroom one day when he joined us in person, and there's Will on at the urinal, standing there with Kaner his jersey. Hey, Kaner hey, jersey, Kaner. tucked in. I'm like. <laughs> What's well done? He's going to the game, right? Was he going to the game? Or is he just wearing the Caner jersey because he just felt like No, he, I think he was yeah. either going to the game or he was going. He's like, I'm going out to Rush Street. Like, he would go. In a Caner jersey. Celebrate. I could yeah. go out. Like, uh, Mike, they don't, think they're, they don't think you're Patrick Kane. They're out of town this I love week. it. I love it. Uh, Matt in South Carolina, you're on with Waddle and Sylvie. What's up, Matt? Hey, gentlemen, i got a couple of things for you. First off, Tommy, I think you are 100% correct. This Jalen Carter story isn't even close to being over. Read a take uh, earlier today that uh, Jalen Carter had interviews on Monday and Tuesday at the uh, Combine. It said if he did not disclose that this was happening, that's going to be a major red flag. And I think that may cause him to drop more than the initial thing you know it's always the cover-up it's never the crime yeah i just honestly matt i i think that i think everyone's gonna put a hit the pause button on him right now i don't think anyone's dropping them off of their draft board i just think they're gonna sit back and wait for the information to come out and obviously it's very very concerning on a number of fronts but uh i don't think anyone is 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 coming to any conclusions what is today march 1st when the draft is so far away all right so my second point is scenario let's imagine that uh uh rogers doesn't come back to the packers and the packers decide that jordan love is not their answer at quarterback back and they come knocking on your door with the best package for the number one do you make that move Yes. Yes, I would. I, I'm not but worried I don't about think they're going to do that. No. I mean, they've got money and time and everything invested in Jordan Love. But I'm not worried about who I'm going to trade. It's Kenny V. I'm not worried about who I'm going to trade uh, him to. Like, I, I get I get what – or trade the pick to. I, I, I get why that makes some people concerned. But if the, the Green Bay Packers are the team, if they blow you out of the water with a, a – with a – a trade proposal, right? If they're the I'm best taking, offer, I'm taking the better offer, right? Right. Now, if there's, if there's, you know, just a slight difference between the two, and I could trade him to or trade the pick again to Green Bay or the Titans, I may think about trading it to the Titans because he's got to live in the same division with the Packers. But if their offer is significantly better, I don't know how you, I don't know how you move on from it. Yeah, like was Donovan McNabb the 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 test? Where Andy Reid traded him to Washington, everyone's like, "How could you trade him in the division?" And it turned out that that was the best deal, that was the best offer. And sure enough, McNabb was washed up. Yeah. Now this is different. Like you could be sending them a bust. Who knows? Now it would hurt if that number one pick ended up being really good for well, the next decade. It's but gonna it'll hurt more if it's in Green Bay. It's gonna hurt either way. Twice, if right? you trade, if you trade, you know the pick. And whoever takes Bryce Young, and, and Bryce Young turns into what Todd McShay has said, that he's the, you know, a smaller version of Patrick Mahomes, and he plays the way that Patrick Mahomes plays. Like, unless we go on to do something really great and cool, this is going to, that would sting as well. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't know. I, 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 my initial reaction is yes. That I would trade to Green Bay. Yes. Uh, me too. I, I, I may have to think about this now well, a little I, bit more. Listen, again. Uh, uh, if, the meathead in me is coming out now a little bit more. Like that quarterback is is the guy you got to get through twice a year to win. There's only three other teams in the division. I get it. But if you thought, if you think one of the quarterbacks that's available to be drafted is that guy. I know. Quote, unquote, then you'd take him. So you don't be worried about it. Yeah. Fry downtown. You're on ESPN 1000. Fry. Fry. How's it going, guys? Fry. What's up? It's an old <laughs> joke. What's up, Fry? Uh, yeah, um, I was wondering, uh, this, this Jalen Carr situation has me just, I'm heartbroken, you know? He was supposed to be our savior. He was going to be, we would trade down to Indy and get a first rounder, pick Jalen. He would be a centerpiece of our defense now. Hypothetically, let's say let's say Poles takes him off the board. I know it's it's early for that, but let's say Poles takes him off the board. Is it not the obvious choice to just to just trade with with the Panthers at nine? You know, we can fleece them for a few future first rounders and maybe get Brian Burns or and we can you know pick Skoransky or uh, I don't think they're or, you know, the Burns. kid from Clemson. No, I don't think they're trading Burns either. Look, Fry, I, I would say this to you. I don't know. I don't know that they were sold on Jalen Carter versus Anderson. I don't know that. Like, maybe they find a three-technique tackle in free agency or through a, uh, a trade, and then they address, you know, pass rusher when they draft in the first round. Maybe like, they draft a corner. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, so, like, I don't feel the same way, Fry, that all is lost now because Jalen Carter is now going to fall out of your grasp because you, you can't afford to draft him because of the, the character issues now or the issues that he's facing. I think it's way too early for all of that. So do you think they're going to trade with the Panthers, maybe? I don't maybe, know who they're you know, going to trade. I think they're going to trade. I just don't know who they're going to trade with. But it's way too early to be. Can Frank you know, Reich talk today about uh, quarterbacks and trading up for a quarterback? I did not see what he had to uh, say. I didn't see what he said, but I think he talked about it today. Like, again, keep your eye. Like, I, I, I thought that was a possibility before. Yeah. That's why I asked Mel about the two offensive linemen. Because that's the territory where you could take one of the linemen as Look, well. If, in fact, again, there's so much time between now and the draft. If, in fact, that's who they had their heart set on, and it turns out that this is a really big issue going forward, not that it's not something to be concerned with now, but it, it blossoms into something even bigger, and he's no longer part of the equation, then maybe you do draft further down, or you don't worry about missing out, or that's what we've talked about now is... We all believe that Poles is going to trade. How far down is he willing to go before you have regrets that you may miss out on a franchise-changing player? Is that four? Is it five? Is it six? Does that, does that number, that depth change depending on the Carter situation? You don't know. Right. Did you hear what Poles said about adding up the number of players you get yeah. compared to that one guy? Yes. So... Uh, let's go to Mark in Lincoln Square. Mark, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up? Hey, guys. Great show. Still be strong. Thank you. Waddle. Waddle, I, your parents did a great job. Oh, thanks, Mark. <laughs> They're good people. Uh, I, previous call answered one of my questions uh, already, so I won't go there. Uh, but I, was, I thought there was certain questions in the interviews that were taboo. And would this Jalen Carter stuff fall into that category? I think they could 
you know, learn a lot in the interview on what he talks about, how he talks about, and I think they could learn a lot in that, but I just didn't know if that was something that was taboo for questions they're able to ask. Oh, you can ask pretty much everything. Oh, okay. I thought there was some questions that were not able well, to be. Well, listen, Mark, I guess, you know, I, they can ask anything. I, I would, you know, within reason. I, I mean, they can ask questions about the situation. Yeah, Jaylen this, Carter this may decide close to not being the to. taboo questions right, that no. you're thinking of. Yeah, no. This is definitely, this is a question you have to ask this is, the this details is, about. This is what you're diving into. Yes. Like, this isn't just a question. These are multiple follow-up questions this is like this is the essence of due diligence yes this is you're bringing him into your facility then after this plays out you're going to not only have it play out with the law enforcement you're going to have your own invest private investigators find out what what went on and then you're going to bring him into your facility if you're still interested and you're going to interview him and you're going to ask him everything you need to know about yes and i don't know if they met with him do we know i mean i'm I know he I met would, with some I, teams I'm last sure night, didn't met, they? I'm sure he, he met with them. I'm, I would assume they did, but I don't know that to be fact. But right. Mark, All thanks right, for yeah, the great, call. Great right. show. All thanks, right, buddy. So, someone's on hold. I want to get to this call about who are some of the guys who who were red flagged before and worked out. I I, I know several names to, that we could go over, but 312-332-3776 if you want to react. And then we're live and local with Meller and Tyler. Black and Abdallah were on today from 9 to 11. It's because um, Cap and Hoodie were on from 5 to 9. So we had a very interesting day. We are the brand new home of the Chicago Bears. Listen to us now, live on the ESPN Chicago app. Listen to the show in HD at 100.3 HD2 FM. Listen now on ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie, ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. There are many different reasons you could be red flagged and different character issues you could be red flagged for. Could be an injury issue, could be off the field stuff. And I think uh, like last year, George Pickens was red flagged for injuries and character issues. Um, there were questions, and you know he had a he had an up and down year with the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. I know a lot of people liked him. Um, Got a nice future, it looks like in Pittsburgh. I think Randy Moss is probably the one that was was the most successful, the one, and he fell. And like the Bears had questions about him, and we always tell the story that they brought him in. He was supposed to meet Walter Payton for breakfast, and he overslept that breakfast. And after he did that with all the red flags, and they were like, do, they put him on the do not draft list. Right. After that, um, he turned out to be a Hall of Fame player, Warren Sapp. There's the infamous story there. Where and that was when you know marijuana was was looked at completely different, um, but there were many players who who were both red flagged and turned out who were then really there good questions players. about Dan Marino, weren't there? Yes. Him coming out of pit. I think that's a great example. I think there were many red flags yeah. character wise, um, and, uh, but and and but then there are a lot of ones who were red flagged properly and then yeah. turned out to be big busts. 
for that same reason. So there's, again, they're still trying to figure out a way on how to measure all these things. They don't, like, there's no exact science on how to do it. No. I, I think, again, I think they're going to take their time and they're going to let this, you know, this, this situation unfold and play out. But it's certainly of concern uh, if you're a Bears front office guy. If you're Ryan Poles and you had a very, 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 very high grade on Jalen Carter, this is very, 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 very concerning for you. You just have Mel, more, more Mel work has to him, do. Yeah. You got more work to do is an exact way to say it. I mean, Mel has him as his highest-rated player on his board and actually with his latest mock told us yesterday he's got the Bears trading down twice and ending up with Jalen Carter at four. Wonder what the mocks, how the mocks are going to adjust with this. That will be interesting, too, to see where the mocks go with this. Yeah, no doubt. Boys, uh, Meller and Tyler are coming up here next. What do you guys have? A lot of Bears uh, conversation? All Bears all night long, my friends. All night long. How do you feel about uh, Jalen Carter? Not everybody at once, now. Me? <laughs> I per- like, I've always been split on the Anderson-Carter debate like to me there's there's too many holes on the roster right now to to really have a preference either way but i mean the way that that courtney has sort of talked about jalen carter being a not a preference for the bears but matt eberflus loves the three technique guy and it seemed like he may be the favorite for what the bears front office might like so yeah it is a little it, it, it at least has my radar up i think when you listen to to ryan poles he talked specifically about the star player that could be a force, his phrasing like force multiplier that he used yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I think that that three technique that Tyler just talked about that Iberflus loves, that's where I think they're leaning. But I do wonder, you know, if you've got Will Anderson as a blue chip prospect on your board, I do think it's possible that this sways them in that other direction, especially when they've been talking so much about how character is important. Yeah. They've I, got so many needs, like... They could go in a different direction and still fill a giant need. Yes. So, do you guys want me to leave my uh, cake in here? I didn't. I didn't touch my cake. My bear's cake. Do you want my bear's cake? Uh, you can leave it in there. We can for the festive purpose of it. We could find. Melon would maybe. like to have well, your cake and eat it too. I'll throw it well away. Said. I mean, I don't want to keep it in here and have you guys throw it away. I'm not going to eat it though. Mm. Should I throw it away, or do you guys want to eat it? I am not going to eat your cake. Tyler, are you going to eat my cake? Uh, I'm good on cake. I had my slice for today. Why do you want to take it to I go? I don't, but you got a big bag of nuts in your bag over there, don't you? Why don't you leave those for the fellas? I did not. I need a piece of chicken. Too oh, today. I thought that was a big bag of the, uh, uh, the cashews you normally bring in. No. No. I thank you today to Mike Tirico, Brian Erlacher, the Hall of Famer, and Michael Wilbon. And uh, don't forget, if you missed that interview today with uh, Ryan Poles, it was outstanding with Jay Hood and Cap. It's on their uh, podcast. Black and Abdallah were on today. They were on from uh, 9 to 11, so you can grab their pod as well. Tyler and Mel are coming up next for Waddle, I'm Sylvie. It's ESPN 1000. Have yourself a great Wednesday night on the brand-new home of the Chicago Bears.